I don't want to leave you with a cliffhanger. If you haven't received the gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and you desire to, all that is required is a seeking heart. Some folks have the idea that if you aren't baptised in the Spirit, you're a second-class citizen of some kind. You're surely not. What has happened is that you've missed out on all Jesus promised. In John 20, 22, we see the disciples receiving the new birth. Jesus, now the resurrected, risen Lord, breathes resurrection life into them. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. They are now alive again. This time, the inspiration is from above, not below. John 1, 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There are two distinct and separate experiences to the rebirth. The first, when the risen Lord breathes resurrection life into them, just as he breathed into Adam in the garden. The second, when they have been told to wait in Jerusalem, and the Spirit comes on them in power, when they are all together and in one accord, to indwell and to enable them to do what is commanded them to do. We find it in Acts 2, 1-3. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of, as of fire and sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It is the Spirit who gives the utterance, the Spirit who endues them with power, and the Spirit who does the work. Ours is simply to yield to his dominion, his agenda, his life within us. It's very important we understand this, or we'll all be living a life of constantly striving to get somewhere we already are. He's done it all. We receive it. No more, no less. Done deal. Conflict we will have, though, because there are now two wills at work within us, like two cats in a bag. There's your natural will and the will of the Spirit, and these two are at war with one another. If you don't believe me, look at this. Romans 8, 5-8 to in the message. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed, obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious, free life. Focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God and ends up thinking more about self than God. That person ignores who God is and what he's doing. And God isn't pleased at being ignored. And this, Philippians 2, 12 to 14. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. No longer two wills or two lives to be lived, but one, his through you. 
You no longer occupy the throne of your life. He does. That is the reality of your Christian life and walk, the transformation process which takes you from crisis to process. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will speak of Jesus, our bridegroom and coming king. John fifteen twenty six in the Good News Bible. The helper will come. The Spirit who reveals the truth about God and who comes from the Father, I will send him to you from the Father and he'll speak about me. His Majesty, before whom every knee will bow. So question, how's it working out for you?